you're not the guys who, who go to the bank manager's house, you know, the night before. And they, they do. I drive the getaway car. You're the sleepover pandas. She said she doesn't have any place to stay. Well, I'm going with you. You're outlaws, right? Want to see something neat? So, I guess I'm an outlaw, too. Your left eye is a fraction darker than your right one. Nobody ever noticed. It's a beautiful day. Joke. No, man. This is a bank robbery. Bandits. Just have a seat with everybody else. It's not going to take long. Monica? I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. No more juice boxes, Chloe. It's a beautiful day. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast in which we watch a movie and then we talk about it in an incoherent manner. Uh, I'm David and I'm joined by the expert in vaginitis, Sam. <laughs> hello. Uh, please watch the movie so you understand that joke. <laughs> and apologies um, from Ross, who was kidnapped um, by some escaped convicts and therefore will not be appearing on this week's episode. <laughs> Boy, I hope he doesn't fall in love with one or both of them. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. That, w- that would make a good movie, though, I think. Yeah, so have we introduced the movie yet? No, we haven't. <laughs> Although, presumably, the listeners have, have seen the, the thing in their feed. So, you know what? Let's let's not baby them. Let's not baby them. Let's just not mention what the no, movie I wanna is. No, I want to say it. So, we're talking about the 2001's film, Bandits, which almost no one's seen. Almost no one's seen. Thank you, 9-11. Um, thank you, 9-11. So, this film was released on... October the 12th. October the 12th. So, not very long after 9-11 at yeah. all. I think Americans were still being advised to put duct tape on their windows in case of shockwaves. Mm. Like that's that's where we're at, America. Yeah, and this is a this is a, this is a film that I think... It really was missed. It really was missed. And I think a lot of people didn't see it because of the time it came out. And there's probably quite a few films around 2001. Um, um, I think 2001 is actually quite a good year for, for movies. Um, I think it is. Um, but you're right. There was like, in terms of the cinema going, I think, you know, the American public at large especially didn't watch this. And because of that, there was less buzz about it. And because of that, less people internationally saw it. Yeah, um, it's quite funny actually. I watched this last night with my brother, and um, I said, "Oh, I've got to watch this film for a podcast. Do you mind?" Um, and then he ended up renting it. So win, great. Um, <laughs> and he said, <laughs> "And he said, oh, hold on, I've got this on VHS." And I was like, "Number one, number <laughs> one, number one, Tim, who's two years younger than me. The fuck are you were doing only VHSs? It's twenty twenty. Do you even have a video player?" And number two, what? And I think it's when Tim has a load of old. VHSs of various things that basically like my mum wanted to throw out and he was like no no we'll keep them so he has the, he has the box full of the family VHS wow. which he'll keep forever for no reason um, and he's got a, we had a copy of Bandits on VHS for some fucking reason <laughs> and you didn't so you didn't watch that then you watched the the, the HD stream you didn't we go couldn't back find time. the VHS player <laughs> although I was I was I was happy for it. Or maybe it was a Scott Lee we couldn't find. There was a re- there was a reason we didn't watch the VHS. E- um, e- either one of those things, either the entire VHS player <laughs> or the Scott Lee themselves might be like really, really difficult to find. I'm not even sure you could like... Because well, it used to be, if you lost a Scott Lee, you'd just go to Asda and buy one for pound fifty or whatever. And I'm not even sure that's the thing anymore. Yeah. Like, that's a game we could play. Can you go out on the high street and find a Scott Lee? What's the most obscure cable that you own? Um, I've got a box somewhere of just full of random cables, which I will never throw away, just in case I need 
a 90s cereal port one day. You never know. You never know. Uh, yes, I have several um, cereal to USBs for mice and keyboards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably the most obscure. Well, this serves us well in terms of, I think, time travelling us back. <laughs> now that our entire audience has has, to, has turned this off. Yeah, we can just we can just indulge into into what we want to talk about, which is this really, really great film. This is a film that I suggested, and it's a film that, for me, has like a very special place in my heart. I really, really love this movie. I have such a... I have such an affinity to it, and I think a lot of it comes... I mean, for the listeners, Sam is a well-known polygamist. Um, <laughs> he re- he's really, really into doing two dudes. <laughs> Don't forget Bank Robber as well. The... Oh, yeah, only Bank Robbers. That's all he's into. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's... It's weird. There's some childhood stuff going on you don't want to know. It's very specific. My fetish is very specific. <laughs> um, but this is a film that I watched when I was probably about 15 or something like that. Like, I, and, and I think from there, it's 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 really kind of like cemented its place in one of those just the classic movies that for me that I just, once a year, I'll watch this film, you know, the, the, the type of thing. Yeah. Up there with Shawshank Redemption and Star Wars and all these things. And totally undeservedly. Okay, <laughs> I know, fine. I know. And I'm willing, and I'm willing to really concede that. And obviously Ross isn't here today. And I think Ross, who hadn't seen this film before, was certainly less enamored with it than i was and and i think that's fair enough i'm not here <laughs> way to way to really lowball that in <laughs> ross said that he hated this nearly as much as he hated high rise if anybody listened to the whole of that episode yeah well i think in the first 10 minutes and you understand ross's hatred for that yeah but anyway uh i would like to read the description this week um because uh i think it's really funny the the uh, the imdb one it is. Uh, I haven't actually got it in front of me. So two bank robbers. I'm going to steal it from you. Two bank robbers fall in love with a girl they've kidnapped. Full stop. That's it. Great. We're in and we're out. Um, <laughs> so we go back to our usual theory, which is the shorter the IMDb description, the either the shit of the movie, or I would argue at this point, the less um, uh, uh, less watched or, or less kind of discovered movie, I would say. I I'm gonna have to take kind of like the 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 the, the opposite stance, not necessarily negative, because I do like this movie, but I don't like this movie because it's a really good movie, or necessarily because um, it does a really good job at getting across its point, be, because it doesn't, or not necessarily even because it makes you think, because it also kind of doesn't do that, but. Um, this is a road movie. We've, we mentioned it before, and this is sort of Dave terminology here, is that like it's a road movie where you're watching like likable characters just largely drive around in cars and stay in motels and and just sort of like it's the it's really really the interplay between these sort of three principal characters who, as we haven't mentioned, are portrayed by Bruce Willis, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, and Kate, not Blanchett, the other one. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Oh, Kate Blanchett. You're right. Sale. That's who I was thinking of. God damn it, David. Uh, Kate Blanchett, um, and they play the sort of three principal characters in this, and and like probably a good eighty five percent of this film is just the three of them in a room, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which you know is not something we see loads and loads anymore. This is an old fashioned movie, I think, and I think it, you could almost imagine it in in black and white, um, and and with a, a kind of Catherine Hepburn or Spencer Tracy style film where, you know, it, you spend lots of time understanding the characters' relationships 
and there is action in this, and there is a fair bit of action. I think. Oh, Jack Lemon is the Billy Bob Thornton. Character. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Retro remake of this movie. Let's do it. Come on, Hollywood. <laughs> if only we had a time machine and unlimited capital. Well, no, or just be Disney. And any skill whatsoever. <laughs> and that as well. Never mind uh, putting Princess Leia into new movies. Let's just let's just let's do that. God damn, Jack Lemon. So I, exactly, I think you, you some like it hot, which we've watched for this podcast. You can see that type of movie where it's just almost almost farcical, almost just cramming characters together and seeing what happens. You called it a road movie. I'd almost in my head, and again, this is Sam Cannon, but it's almost like a universe movie. And I mean, what I mean by that is, it's about spending time in. It's about the, space. It's about. <laughs> it all comes back to that. But it's about spending time in the movie. The other example of I think a really good universe movie is uh, Shawshank Redemption, where you know there are like there are plot beats maybe four or five plot beats across the whole two and a bit hour film but really what you're doing is you're just observing things happening in the universe that's been created in the world that you that the, the the filmmakers have created and i kind of i really like movies like that if you number one accept the basic premises of a movie and also you kind of like the universe that's been um, developed for you it's not about huge action points. It's not even about huge emotional peaks and troughs. It's actually just about here's here's much characters. Here's a basic idea. Let's watch what happens when when the world almost like what's what let's watch what happens when, when we press play yeah, and we just totally. see. I think know. the one other thing that you have to do in films like that is kind of like you have to be okay not having a satisfying ending. And I know that. Sounds daft, but so many of these movies, and Shawshank is maybe not a good example of that, but so many of these movies, you kind of have to be okay with it just petering out because you're not really there for, you know, your classic, like, tension, 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 build, 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 big explosion, massive fight scene. I'm going to mention Marvel again because that's the example of what the public wants, obviously, given the billions and billions of dollars those films have made that they want that climactic fight scene, they want that payoff, they want that tension to be relieved in this orgy of destruction. And you have to be okay with not having that in a film like this, Mm. where you're just there to enjoy the ride. And um, it's a very different animal, but like No Country for Old Men is, is kind of like a very similar sort of movie where that is not a satisfying ending because it's not that sort of ending. It's not trying to put a pin in anything. It's not trying to make a point. It's just watching people go places and do things and interact and it's about the performances it's about the writing it's about the production design and it's about the soundtrack and it's it's kind of atmospheric in a way that um you know maybe more conventional films aren't and that's fine and there absolutely is a place for that but like you'll never ever get that payoff that makes you go oh that's nice i'm glad all those characters are going to be all right yeah. oh i can't wait to see them in that sequel you know there's none of that yeah, totally, totally. And I think that there's so much in this film where, you know, they could they could have made they could have made different choices. They could have made different choices. And I think they could have they could have gone in different directions, and and doing so might have created, I think, a a bit more of a more a, a more cogent movie, a movie that that ties together in, in a bit more of a satisfying way. But I think that generally the choices they made are about being true to the characters and being true to the interactions that they have and just kind of like leaning and believing in the characters they've written and believing in 
that basic premise of, of the love triangle. And yeah. we should maybe talk a little bit about how this film starts, which is it starts at the end. It starts in a, you know, which is a pretty well... There's definitely well, a word for a movie like that, but we, we wrapped our brains and we're too stupid to... We, we uh, can't we can't so. figure out. But, but, but basically we start at the end and we start in... They're in a, a massive Los Angeles bank called the Alamo. And um, we're watching... Terry and Joe, so Joe is, is, is Bruce Willis and Terry is Billy Bob Thornton, we're watching them argue and, and basically fall apart as they're trapped like a rat <laughs> as in a bank called the Alamo, which is what Terry says. And, and from there, we kind of see how... Um, we, we, see, we see their argument and we see them almost trying to talk back what's happened, how they got to this point. And that's really where the film... Um, goes from there, and then we see them in 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 jail. They break out of jail, and from there, it's a it's a series basically, like a series of different bank robberies. And um, well, it is, but actually, it's more the space between. A lot of this film is the space between yeah. bank robberies, interspersed with film footage of like a like a crime watchdog show of like oh these bank robbers and we, no one knows who they are, and then they find out who they are and. Oh, no one knows where they'll strike next, and it's just like almost like newsreel footage of these bank robbers have robbed another bank, yeah. and we're actually seeing the, you know, the the them staying in motels between robberies. Really, it's kind of like the bulk of this film, I would say. Mm-hmm. And 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 the the kind of, I guess the 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 interesting bit of this in terms of the bank robberies is that they um, they call themselves or or they they get called actually the sleepover bandits because what they do. Is they identify? They go to a town. They identify who the bank manager is, and then they follow him home, uh, knock on the door the night before the bank robbery, and say, "We're going to rob your bank." And then they stay over overnight. They go in the morning before anyone else is there. Before anyone, you know, anyone could raise suspicion. There's no customers. There's no alarms. They get the bank manager to turn off the alarms. They steal the money and they leave. And so that's the kind of like. Uh, 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 the, the the twist I think in terms of which I think is quite good and is actually based off a real uh, pair of men who I think in the eighties late late eighties were convicted for doing this in it's very loosely I think they are called Terry and Joe but other than that there's not really much yeah. um, it's not like a kind of based on their personality at all but I think that idea is is interesting I I like that as a as a oh this is something new and it and it ends up enabling some really interesting scenes and and some yeah, really good but um. So I'm going to chime in with the voice of our dear departed friend, Ross. Um, I'm not going to do the accent. But uh, <laughs> Ross watched this movie, and like we mentioned before, he's never seen this before, and and, and, and he pointed out a flaw here. Is He said, this is a film about bank robbers, and you almost never get to see any violence or any exciting bank robberies. There's very, very little of that. This is mostly a, a film about you know, these bank robbers being in this weird love triangle, that's kind of like the central plot of this. And and so Ross thought from this was quite an unsatisfying like story because what he wanted to watch was these guys going across the country robbing banks and like swimming in pools of cash. And what he got to see was these characters like making eyes at each other and being awkward and gay, you know, and and I kind of understand that really. Like it's kind of like you've been promised this really exciting thing, especially with the lead-in at the beginning, where they're in this tense scene at the end, and and then we work back from there. And the opening scene after that is the breakout from prison, which is quite intense, quite tense, quite well shot, and they're on the run, and then kind of 
pacing wise, I do understand that that you've been promised this exciting film about these guys who were escaping prisons and robbing banks, and and <laughs> you never really get that. Yeah, I can understand that criticism of this film. Like, it's again, it comes down to what's the type of movie that you want out of it, and I think that I kind of like the fact that it's a slower burn and it's and it's really it's it's less about the the banditry and more about the 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 relationship between the characters and seeing how that progresses throughout the rest of the movie and i think there's the the scenes i think we can you could you could characterize this movie as a series of bank robberies uh and then loads of scenes of downtime and the downtime scenes i think are the other are the bit where you either love it or you hate it, and I like to see. I, I, I think, and I think I definitely agree that some of this is over is very indulgent. But I like to see how um, we 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 have these characters interacting in a way that is progressively more um, crazy. I guess is you know they, they go from being, especially as Kate comes in. Kate comes in, and it's like okay, we've got this woman with us now. And even from the very beginning, like she's a bit weird because she wants to be there. She wants to be with these bank robbers. She's not scared of them. She's not at all um, worried about them. They're going to hurt her or do anything like that. And a lot of that comes from the fact that she's running away from a very, very unhappy life with a crappy husband who doesn't pay attention to her and a big empty house that she just sits around in all day. And so you've got this oh, character. No. Yeah, I know. It's oh, it's hard. It's so hard. But you've my got my husband doesn't want these qu- this quail I've made for dinner. <laughs> Woe is me. It's hard. It's a tough life. It's a tough. Life. Hey, have you made quail? I've, maybe that's hard to cook. I don't know. Um, so you've got this character here. You've got Kate, and, and she sits there in her. And I think actually she's my favorite character in the whole the whole film. Also, my favorite performance as well. I think Kate Blanchett is just. Electric. She's so so good in this. And then you've got Terry, who's this kind he's of just like a redhead. Well, exactly. Yeah, married one. Uh, we've also got this. Um, we've got Terry, who's this like neurotic. He's he's completely. Um, he thinks he's dying at all points of the film. He's like a hypochondriac. Hypochondriac to the max. He's he's insane, uh, and he's kind of nervous and twitchy, and but also sensitive. And, and there's a nice. Line, line the film where they you know Kate's trying to say you're sensitive and then Joe who's played by Bruce Willis again he's he's the tough man he's the kind of action hero um, and I think all of those characters t- together I think balance so well and it's that interaction between them in different settings and that downtime and that's the bit that I really like and if you don't like that and if Ross was here I think he'd say these are the boring bits like we're well, getting me back to the bank robberies yeah. And I'd say, yeah, fair enough. Like, I don't have, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think that if you're not bought into that idea that I want to see in 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 a in a universe movie where you're going in and just enjoying what's happening in, on the screen, if you don't want to see those those little tidbits, the downtime, then I think you're going to be disappointed. It's not going to be the film that you necessarily came to watch. No, that's fair. Um, I would say that, um, to sort of add to that, I kind of largely agree with what you said, but I do think that this is quite a a shallow film in a lot of ways. And I don't mean to like directly argue with what you're saying, but I think that while I do like the characterizations and I do like the interplay between the three of them, 
I think that these characterizations are quite sort of skin deep, especially the Bruce Willis character, Joe, I don't think is fleshed out really at all. Um, and it's fine because these three, these three actors have really good chemistry with each other. Um, and so it's kind of like just a joy to watch them on screen together because, you know, they have this sort of effortless fun about them and they're just, you know, it's, it's just nice to watch them do their job. <laughs> um, but I do think that for a character piece that is this slow and is this long, I think that we really should have gotten like maybe a little bit more depth and a little bit more like who are these people and how did they become like they are, etc. Whereas we get, you know, really, really um, skin deep characterizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I don't know about skin deep, but I think I think that I, I think that they do. They, they they present you with a probably just about enough for you to, to 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 use and it's literally just about enough you know you see the the, the most developed character probably is Kate Blanchett's character who we get several scenes of her kind of introducing uh, being introduced and, and seeing her unhappiness and seeing the kind of um, she's driving around town singing you know sad love songs and all this stuff because I think <laughs> <laughs> they, they they try and really represent how how desperate she is and they kind of need to do that otherwise why would she hang around with these 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 yeah. these robbers but they they're, they're You're all right Sam but what i would say just quickly is that i think this level of characterization would be fine for a heist movie with like chase scenes and action scenes and things but it's maybe not quite enough for this character piece about the interactions between these three people and there's maybe you know I can maybe do with more of that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. I was just about to say I think that they're they're sometimes like caricatures, and um, I think that's maybe is a fair criticism than to say that actually, well, in a character piece where it's about the interactions, you kind of want a little, a little bit more of that. I don't know if I don't know if I'm right about that. I think maybe that's it's maybe a little bit harsh, but I still think that there's yeah, there's something to be said about trying to give. Um, each of the characters a bit more backstory perhaps or a bit more of a kind of the, the motivations and that's a criticism that I think that Ross Ross had in, in our text text message was saying the motivations of these characters move around all the time and they do they kind of do and I think and the movie explains that by saying well I think these people are all unhinged they're all not really damaged yeah they're all damaged they're, and they're all looking for something and, and they kind of and and the film never outright says it. they're all looking for something and they kind of find it in each other they do and sorry and- I, I i should be a hollywood executive i understand that but like yeah you know that's kind of the what the stab of this movie is but it never directly tells you that because it kind of like maybe just assumes a little bit of you know a little bit of knowledge on on the part of the audience that they'll infer that from this yeah no i think that's right i think that's right and i think you i think maybe if it may be in a different movie where you had um, something more like The Departed, where it's a real, you know, a bit more hard-boiled. You know, there you might see more of that, and and you might want to, you might want to delve a little bit more into it. But I think this film is is again, it's it's presenting what you need to know, not necessarily everything that you need to know. It's just giving you the basics. Yeah. Some other things as well with this film that I think that. Um, you kind of have to buy into the premise, and I think there's three there's three main there's three main kind of roots of this story. I think 
it's the bank robbers and kind of how they do it. And I think I, I like that and I like the quirky sleepover element of that. I think that's really fun. Um, and it and it leads to great scenes like the the, the scene at the, the around the dinner table where <laughs> With the the mother's just crying. <laughs> She's just sobbing completely. She just can't control herself because there's these bank robbers there. But they're having a really nice meal and she's cooked for them and billy bob thornton who i think probably is my favorite performance in this is is trying to guess the ingredients of the casserole she's made yeah and like and he she's goes, sobbing and, and he goes, obviously he, terrified and like don't tell me don't tell me and there's two kids and the husband it's and, saffron and, it's saffron he sits there with his happy grin on his face and she he's goes guessed it yes right. it's saffron and she's sobbing it's really like a really strong like, and, a, and and that's the type, i think that's a really good example of the type of scene where you you you've so you've got these characters you've got this premise and then we just kind of what would happen if these quite polite but still bank robbers you know had a family meal with with their hostages effectively um and the kids are being all funny and they're not really uh, those kids bruce willis's kids actually um and there's one that's there's a one of them does a massive burp which apparently according to imdb was unedited that is that is a real a real um, audio from the from the day um so there's there's all these yeah. lovely little scenes i think that that are brought together and then you've got this existential crisis that this housewife is 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 experiencing and i kind of think that really if you were to make this movie again now it would be from her point of view rather than from Terry and Joe's point of view. I think her story is the more interesting one. Her story is the one that I think has the most. We spoke about like truth, like truth in film and and TV is really important, and 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 un, uncovering truth and exposing it by saying, look, this is something you could recognize, you know. And I think her story is something that everyone can recognize. Being unsatisfied, you know, having a comfortable life, but yet not being able to really enjoy it there's all these things i think that are that are real human experiences and she's 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 then thrust into this into this crazy world of of being a bank robber and really you know yeah she she immerses herself in this in this crazy life and, and becomes really part of the whole bank robbing um scene so that that those two elements tie together the, the bank robbers that you know exploring how the, how these bank robbers work and and then the housewife and then the final bit i think which is is this like polyamorous love triangle thing that's going on and i think it that that then becomes um really interesting because you it takes the tension of of them robbing the bank it takes the 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 kind of the the human truth of um kate and her existential crisis and then it adds in these two these two male characters and we see we see how um she she's really attracted to Joe's ruggedness his manliness his his sense of humor and also we're attracted to he she's attracted to uh, uh Billy Bob Thornton's tenderness and his insecurity and his you know and and how she ends up saying you know together you're the perfect man um <laughs> yeah uh, it kind of reminds me of that old. Uh, I don't know if you've watched this episode of Seinfeld where Jerry and George decide that um, neither one of them is a is a good enough person to date a woman. Um, so they they split the work, and George is like Jerry's um, 
boyfriend's secretary who does all of the the admin work. Um, yeah, it really reminds me reminded me of that. Uh, but yeah, I kind of got you mean, Sam. And there is there's very much a theme of that runs through this film, and 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 it likes it. It's a t- it's a tale as old as time. Uh, you have these two you know these two two men who are in business together or they're in crime together or whatever and this woman arrives and she drives them apart because you know x y or z and i think this quite like treads over some tropes quite nicely to maybe do something a little bit different where joe and terry don't murder each other at the end of this film <laughs> in kind of a subversion of what you'd expect mm-hmm. and you have like a quite a nice like beach scene where you know um joe finds out that she's she's been sleeping with terry as well and and basically, they they have a conversation, and it's quite funny, really. Like, you know, these bank robbers, these escaped convicts, like they don't come to blows or anything. They're just like Terry's, like, please let me have her. You're a rugged man. You get loads of women. Just let me have this one. And it's kind of like a funny sort of again, like character piece. And and they basically decide between the two of them in a quite you know it's quite a male way that they'll just make her choose, and she'll have to choose. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, uh, no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I don't want to choose. And again, like it's just, it's kind of where this film is quite funny in the middle of it, and and there is a kind of this theme of comedy that runs throughout it that it maybe doesn't go hard enough on for this to be an outright comedy, but it's really close, isn't it? Mm, it is, and I think that's where you know in terms of in terms of trying to be objective, uh, and I, I really struggle with this movie because I just I love it so much, and and I could and once it finished yesterday, I was like. I could watch this literally right now again, exactly, and just watch it because I just—it's just one of those movies, you know. It's just completely right. Well, yeah, but... um, as arbiter of everything, um, I'm going to say. So we've talked about this film probably, you know, quite quite in depth. I think about the plot and things and the characterizations about what we like. Uh, let's 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 talk about because this isn't a perfect movie, and and I think the criticisms of it are fair. Uh, let's fix this movie, um, you know. Give me your ghost house pitch, Sam. <laughs> My ghost house pitch. Uh, so for anyone who hasn't been listening to all of our episodes, Ghost House was my attempt at fixing um, The Money Pit, Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. And my fix was make Shelley Long a ghost. So I think ghosting it up is the way that the way, the way that we fix movies that have problems like this. Um, I don't... So yeah, so as much as I do... Rec- as much as I love this movie, I think that... It is overindulgent. I think you could get rid of um, Harvey Pollard's plot. He's the stunt. He's the driver, um, and he's he's like chasing this girl uh, that that he sees um, hitchhiking all the time, and he never gets to her in time or whatever else. And I think that pays off nicely because she ends up helping him um, with the kind of some of the stunts at the end of the movie, and that's that's good. And I think that that's a nice character, but you could maybe just reduce that a little bit just to give a bit more space and, and maybe just cut down on the runtime. Two hours, I think generally, like unless you are doing something really, really substantial, unless you are Return of the King, but, you know, you shouldn't be exceeding two hours generally in a film. I, I just don't see any reason most of the time. I think if you are, then there's things you could cut. And I think you could cut some of the scenes where... Um, Harvey's chasing the girl you could get rid of at least one either one bank heist or one of the the downtime scenes maybe like the one in the bar um towards the end of the movie where uh, uh and I love it I really love it when they're both trying to convince Kate 
to run away with them and mm. and we get this, the, the great bit where there's like uh, 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 Terry plays just the two of us six times on the on the jukebox because he's got a convulsion to press A1 for everything whenever he goes <laughs> machines like and there's and then he's flop he's flopping on the floor because Joe's told him that he's got a brain tumor all this stuff and and I, as my, I, again I love it I love it I love the character building I love the culmination of all of these different threads that have led to this point but it is indulgent and I think maybe you could be going okay I don't need to see another scene of him with his hypochondria and Joe being you know they have a big fight and all this. so I think you could maybe condense that in a way and try and get rid of, of some of the flab because there is a lot of flab on this um, I also think that you could maybe try and tighten up uh, Joe's character a bit more. I think Billy Bob Thornton and Kate Blanchett are doing an incredible amount of heavy lifting in this movie. I think they are the the two best performances, and I think and and Bruce Willis is just kind of doing his thing. I think maybe giving him a bit more purpose, giving him a bit more of a kind of drive, um, so that he's not just the tough guy. He just wants money, and and he's yeah they want they want to go. To, to Mexico and open a hotel but there's not really that same motivation for him as there is for the other two who are kind of following a little bit so maybe just trying to tighten that up they're, they're the kind of main things I would say that you could improve on but I have to come back and just defend it you know in in, in the sense that I think that you are you, if you don't like these things you're not going to like the movie and yeah I think fundamentally if you go in and tinker too much you're going to lose what works about this film if you like that type of movie and if you like if you accept the premise you know if you if you cut one of the scenes then it's going to damage the three main elements of the film which were the bank robbers the existential crisis the housewife and the and the love triangle so if you if you take one out then i think one of them's going to be hanging and kind of be out of balance i think that balance and how it combines those three together i think that is is what works and so i'd be worried about um, and I'm sure they had this conversation in the edit, and that's where it comes down to maybe whether or not. God, how long must this movie have been in its first cut? Well, most films, most films are certainly very long in their first cut, and this one I think must have been, you know, two and a half hours, two hours forty minutes or something. It must yeah, have been absolutely. So my fix is slightly different. Um, I would, I would also um, take a take a swing around the Imagine a Movie podcast cutting room um, for this. But what I'd cut is the kind of like the hook in this film and, and quite a lot of films not even of just this era to try and do this where you know like um you have this the final tension filled bank scene and you have it at the beginning of your movie as opposed to at the end and and that doesn't really do a lot for me like like i said this is a road movie so i don't kind of don't really need to see the destination straight away i'm kind of just along for these characters and what they're getting up to you know whatever that might be so for me you cut that you cut all of this television like drama guy following them around with a camera doing documentaries you cut all of that you're going to cut 20 minutes out of this film without breaking a sweat get rid of all of that and then have the conclusion be you know the tension between joe and terry about what they're going to do about this woman that they both like Mm -hmm. you know and the tension becomes then oh we need to do you know one big score one more big score and then we'll have enough money to go and start a hotel in Mexico or whatever, you know. And then you have it be about how that 
heist falls apart because of the building tension between the two of them. And then maybe you can tie it all together at the end by having Joe, you know, what I would do to the Joe character is make him much more violent. Um, so in the beginning, he beats that guy up in prison and Terry's kind of there as like the, he's the guy who exists to rein in Joe's more aggressive tendencies. And we see this throughout the film as it is. But um, for instance, the scene where they rob the bank and the bank manager, the woman, they're, they're in the bank with her and she's like, no, I'm not letting you to the vault. You're not robbing me. And they're like, but we're bank robbers. We'll kill you. And she's like, I don't think you'll hurt me. I've seen the news. I don't think you. I don't think you're that kind of that kind of criminals. And she's right, but I think that maybe, like for me, that scene, I need Joe to like pistol whip this woman, you know, and <laughs> to show some violence. And maybe then Terry, they have to get him out of there and like, because that's that extra source of tension. And you're establishing that these two characters are criminals, that they are damaged. And then the conclusion can be that like, by them getting past that and deciding that they can both love this woman, and it not be. Do you know what I mean? And it not be a competition between the two of them and it not be, you know, weird. I think that conclusion is then like, you know, Joe's turnaround at the very end can be, right, so I'm going to go back into the bank and I'm going to rescue Terry because I've left him there because I want him to get captured and arrested or killed so that I can have Kate Blanchett, you know? Yeah. And that kind of needs to be the turn for me. That's what I do. And it would be a very different film, but I think that like it would turn it into more of a love story, which this film is. And maybe a little bit less of a comedy and definitely a little bit less of a, you know, a road movie. But I think it would be a tighter plot and you could have like a really clearly defined act structure in there. And I think that I think that's a really, really fair criticism. I think when you say it changes the movie substantially, I think that that is that is what they have tried and probably failed to do Um is they're trying to balance all of these different they're trying to balance the tone of this film and and and, and i think the the tonality is is what really again it's what i like about it it's because it's it, because it is it, it is a comedy it is a love story and it is a bank is 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 a heist movie and i think that they don't necessarily they don't necessarily do each of those individual things very well but what they do well is tie them together so you've got like three imagine you know three three running tracks of of okay um uh kind of storylines you've got the the crime storyline which is all right you've got the love story which is all right and you've got the kind of comedy element and none of them i think would stand on by the by the on their own um so i think what you're describing is trying to actually create those elements to be stronger but i think what the the success of the film is that it manages to tie those together even if they are flawed individually in a way that i think is really satisfying so you get you get that the what you might call relatively mediocre crime movie in a relatively mediocre love story but actually that combination together i think creates a kind of you know some of its parts or better than the sum of its parts sorry um film but I think you're right to say that actually, maybe remove one of those elements, maybe make it less comedy or less actiony. You know, you pick two rather than necessarily trying to balance three, and that's maybe some of the, um, I think some of the the, the crit- critical uh, uh, response to this as well, which was not you know a 65% Rotten Tomatoes. It's not a film that was universally beloved. And I don't think you can blame 9-11 for all of that. I think a lot of it is to do some of the choices they made 
Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? And and I think now that we've fixed the movie, so to speak, I'm, I'll be waiting for the call from Hollywood executives from 2001. Um, but I think that this film, its impact kind of is reflective of the quality, I think. Not necessarily the quality, because this is a fun movie, and it's kind of a movie that we talked about before. You just want to spend time in. Um, yeah. And it's two hours long, which is fine for a movie where you're just kind of like cruising. That's why I used the word road movie earlier, and it's it's just nice to be with these characters and it's nice to be travelling around and it's got that mm. sense of movement in it because the characters are so mobile and the, they're on the run the, and that. And the other thing, the, so interrupt, the, the other thing I think that adds to your point is the cinematography. And I think the cinematography in this is outstanding. I think, honestly, it's absolutely outstanding. There's a few shots. So there's one when we first see Kate and she opens up the fridge and replaces a blue um, bulb and so it's kind of like it's quite dark and you can barely see her face and then she she puts the bulb in and it's this this vibrant blue that just just fills up the whole screen and you can see it and i think and she's and she's staring at the bulb like it's almost like it's a flower you know it's just like it's it's radiating light and she's just staring and i just think like there's things like that which honestly i think are really 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 clever the other one i like um is uh, when Joe, when they arrive at the cabin after Terry um, and Kate have met, and um, Joe is swinging an axe, and he swings the axe down onto a a piece of wood, and the camera follows the movement of the axe, and then finishes with the the camera pointing at the car arriving, and there's all these just little. There's all these it's cleverly li- shot. Yeah, I, I just think and, it's honestly, um, honestly, some of it I think is just really, really. It's clever. part of the reason why it's so satisfying to sit and watch. If it's a, if it's a film that you just, you're quite happy to just sit and watch, like we said, and and you know, I think if you're not, that's fine. It's not not that kind of movie, but like it is just satisfying and, um, you know, visually quite not maybe stunning isn't the right word, but visually quite comforting. Yeah, yeah. The the cinematographer was um, Dante Spinotti, who I think he did um, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> what a film! I know it's another Bruce Willis film. Another Bruce Willis film. He also did um, just looking at Heat, L.A. Confidential. Ooh, that's a stay tuned for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of there's loads and loads of films that he's um, he's been up to, and I think that so I think he's just. I think it's really underrated, and it's obviously because of this film didn't really take off in the same way that I think that. Well, the the upshot of that is that for a budget of seventy five million, um, this film took in you know sixty seven at box office. Yeah, ouch. You know, so for a film starring Bruce Willis, Kate Blanchett, and Billy Bob Thornton in two thousand and one, you know, when when in theory Bruce Willis is kind of like at the height of his star power, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think this is around the time he's on Friends. You know, it's it's really like the height of Bruce Willisdom, and for a Bruce Willis film to only make sixty seven million dollars is quite astounding, really. And and part of that is nine eleven, and we talked about that, and and how people just weren't going out to the cinema, so you know that has an effect. But I don't think all of that can be blamed on this. I think this is maybe a film that didn't really have an audience. Yeah, who's it for? Because and- it's not. Because it's not an action film, and because it's not a rom com, and because it's not, you know, um, it's not Oscar bait. It's not. It's none of that. It's just a, you know, it's it's a clever, well shot, 
charming movie, yeah. but it necessarily doesn't necessarily fit into any of the pigeonholes from an advertising point of view. You can't market this to teenagers because they won't care. You can't really market it to women because they won't care. You can't market it to you know your classic men because there's not enough action in mm. it, if you know what I mean. And it's kind of like it's stuck in that middle ground maybe where it was really hard to make people want to go and see this. Yeah, I think the 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 um, film sack guys, Scott Johnson and all that lot, recently did this, and it's what reminded me of what to watch this actually. Um, and I've really tried not to steal my opinions from them, um, just because that's not go listen to them. But they 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 mentioned that this is like a movie today that would be on Netflix. It would be a Netflix movie, you know, yeah. like direct direct to Netflix. And in two thousand one, you either had cinema or directed DVD. And Bruce Willis ain't been in any film that's going direct to DVD, so uh, or even video, I suppose. So, where where does this film go? And I think you know you, you're still in the height of of the cinema, and I think it shows what this kind of like liberalisation of of cinema now and of movies has has it's led to. It's very different. Yeah, 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 like no one no one's given mm. even Scorsese three hours in a cinema. Nobody is giving him that, so he gets to go to Netflix. Give it on Netflix. They shouldn't give it to him on Netflix. No, but 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 there's no there's no barrier to entry. I think this is a film yeah. where, if you don't have that barrier to entry, of, if it was made ten years later, that's a very different landscape. I think. Yeah, and um, and I think that's that's where you say there isn't an audience for this. I think that's kind of right. There there isn't an, a a popular audience, but there is an audience yeah. of people who who want to live in this world, you know, that universe movie, road movie, whatever you want to call it. I think that's, that's to me, the strength of it is just strap in two hours, you know, and enjoy the ride. Exactly. So um, while we were doing the research for this, I looked at the Empire Review, um, which gave this film three stars, which I think is probably about right, mm-hmm. realistically. I think, you know, this is absolutely a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes and justifiably so um, because of the reasons we've just said. Um, but the sort of summary on, on the Empire is perfectly acceptable caper movie with Thornton particularly firing on all cylinders. Most of the stealing is from Billy Bob who pinches whole scenes. But who cares when the lines are so good? You won't feel robbed. And that's kind of like where I stand on this. Like I've seen this film twice in the last you know 12 months and I haven't regretted that time I've spent. And obviously that isn't true of everyone. Uh, Ross in particular, I think, probably felt quite like you know, this is the second movie we've made him watch that he didn't enjoy at all. And I think that's fine. But, you know, for me, I don't think you're wasting your time if you just want to be watching something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And as a kind of final state for me, I guess, I'm just going to go back to that point of, like, the, the period in my life when I started watching this movie. Like, this was this was a very formative time for me for films, like, you know, 14, 15, 16 it's where where I really really started and and like invested a heck of a lot of time into watching movies, and going back and watching movies from the forties, watching, you know, you, you films like Full Metal Jacket and and all these films which are trying to almost like for me at that age trying to develop my film literacy a bit, and I think that that a lot of them my love for this movie maybe comes from the fact that I was. Like just so into films at that point. I loved watching movies. I loved that whole thing, and I had the time to do it. And and now, you know, the only way we get watch to get watch one film a week is by having a podcast to do. You know, and that's and that commitment to doing this every week has led us to watch some really really great films. But I think that 
Bandits is is right up there for me and one of my favourites. And I think it's because of that. It's because of that those formative years and 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 just being kind of open to a film that actually now I think if you told me to watch this and I'd never seen it before, I think I'd probably agree with with, with Ross a lot more and I'd probably agree with with this with the criticism a lot more because it does. As we said before, Sam, nostalgia is is a powerful thing. It and- is. And, and the time, a time in a place when you watch a movie can lead to you loving, you know, even yeah. a really bad movie. And I don't think this is that, but 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 it even kind of tempers your enjoyment, doesn't it? No, but yeah, absolutely. But but even even who the kind of even the type of person that you are when you watch it, and and now like you know being a busy adult, you want to inv- you want to kind of get the the best bang for your buck out of a film because that's two hours and that's a massive investment of my time. Um, so I think maybe. When I had more time, I don't know, Sam. I'm a single thirty year old man, so my my respect for my time is quite a lot lower. <laughs> yeah, but you, but even still, even still, you have yeah. a substantial less time than you did when you were sixteen. You you've you, you've got to go to work and all these. Oh boy, do I exactly. So I think so. I think for me, it's like it's almost. I think if I hadn't if I if I hadn't seen this before and watching it again, I might not be so in love with it. But I think yeah, there's all these like emotions tied to it. Plus, I think it's just a really good example of. Of of a of a low stakes, relatively low stakes movie about characters, and and that's not something that's made in the same way anymore. Absolutely, um, and I think that's pretty much pretty much all we have to say about this film. Really, um, it's you know it's kind of a light recommend I think from the podcast. Uh, not everyone's going to love this, um, but if you do like it, you'll probably like it quite a lot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it from us. I think uh, next week. We are hopefully Ross will be back with us. Um, we're working on the serum, and we will be watching the 1950s film Harvey, uh, which I have never seen or heard of before. Mm, this is a this is a again going back to that period of my life actually as we spoke before. This is a, a great Jimmy Stewart movie. Um, and don't worry, listeners, if you exist. We will soon be done with Sam Recommends. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> let's not do that. We said we weren't doing antagonistic. We were, we, let's enjoy a film for yeah, it. Yeah, we said that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Well, 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 uh, wait for your picks, Dave. Destroy them. Oh, they are going to be all kinds of trash. Um, but we'll see you next week. More on that then. Thanks, audience. See you later.